cool. How is everyone? Good. Um, it was a lovely time of worship, I thought, today. I mean, it, I am probably biased. I think it often is um, in our house, our home, you know. Uh, not wanting to compare it with other places, I do think we carry something here, regardless of the team that's up here. They step up here and God takes us somewhere. And for me, there was a real theme that was running through some of the songs that we sang, you know. Uh, with everything that I have, I'm going to shout out. I, I want to waste it all on you. I want to pour out my heart's perfume. You know, when I'm in your presence, why would I leave that place? All the voices, they fade away, you know. And I can't help but think of, and I think it's Thessalonians, but, you know, give thanks always, rejoice in all things, pray, pray unceasingly. I think one of the mandates for us as sons and daughters of God is to be able to, with everything that's within us, shout out. To have that heart that says, I'm going to waste it all on you because we're rejoicing in all things at all times. Yeah. Um, I love the thought because life throws stuff at us all the time. Good things and bad things, yeah. Family's really good, family's not so good. Parents are awesome, parents are terrible. Children are angels, they must be your children. You know, <laughs> like just stuff all the time. Even Rob sharing about his grapple with the workplace. And I, I can't help but think that part of the victory in those times is the ability that we need to tap into to rejoice in all things at all times, yeah? to give thanks in everything so that we can say with everything that's within us, we're going to shout out, you know. Um, the Bible says that we need to take captive every thought and um, I, I really love this. Uh, I, I, I've picked it up recently and I just, I just want to give it to you as, as something to take away today as a, as a thought. But maybe our ability to give thanks in all things to rejoice always. If we can only rejoice this much and give thanks this much, maybe that's an indication yeah, of the battle that we're still losing in our thoughts because the battle's always in our thoughts. The Bible says take captive every thought. And I, I just, I'm just thinking that if we can't rejoice in all things, it means we're losing the battle in our thoughts. Yeah? So when we come together whether there's five of us or whether there's thousands of us and we're singing songs to the Lord, it should just flow naturally because it doesn't matter the week that we've had because he's bigger than the thoughts that, we, that are coming against us because we're rejoicing in all things. Does that make any sense? I just love that as a, as a balance to say, if I'm struggling to give thanks, if I'm struggling to rejoice, maybe I need to look at the thoughts that are preventing me or stopping me walking down that road, yeah? Just thought I'd throw it out there. Well, let's see. Last week we were talking about, and thanks Rob for bringing it up, um, uh, the fig tree. And I finished with the fact that we need to understand where we're planted and who's planted us there and who owns us. Yeah, uh, Because the reality is that he, he owns us and he comes looking for fruit from us because we are a royal priesthood. And so he comes to us so we can minister to him. 
He doesn't need it, but he comes looking. Comes looking for the fruit, yeah? And if we have a look at Old Testament priests, they have a number of areas that they were responsible for. And I, I want to change the wording because God's just been messing, messing with me this morning. But Old Testament priests had responsibilities. As New Testament priests, I want to say that we don't have a responsibility. And if it comes out while I'm speaking, I apologise. But can we replace that word with honour? We have the honour of being able to do these things. Yeah? We have the privilege of being able to do these things. It's a responsibility because the world needs us. Because we are his hands and feet extended. Yeah? But it's not a responsibility like a job. It's more a privilege and an honour. And so one of those privileges and honours is to minister to God. You know, that's what the fig tree was doing really in the vineyard. It was, had to learn to minister to God had to learn to allow its roots to go deep, to bear fruit. So when the owner who planted him there in the middle of confusion and doubt, yeah, could bear some fruit. And you and I, as royal priests, who sometimes find ourselves in situations, like Rob shared really openly and transparently this morning, where we're thinking, I think it's time to opt out. And there are times where wisdom has to kick in, yeah? And we need to opt out. It's not either or, there's always and. You know, the wonderful paradigm of all of the kingdom is it can be both, yeah? It's understanding that. But a lot of the time where we find ourselves, we need to plant ourselves, you know, and allow God to fertilise us with the stuff that's going on around us. So I wanted to continue just to unpack a little bit of that thought that we're a royal priesthood that is planted in a vineyard and we have the privilege and honour of doing some things. So we looked at ministering to God, but I want to look at a couple of others today if I can, if we get there, you know, we'll just see how we go, um, yeah, we'll just see how we go, as we minister to God, as we allow our roots to go deep, as we have those moments with him, that ebb and flow, you know, it, it could just be me because I'm emotional and I know that our faith is not emotional, but there are times where God just seems closer, you know, and other times that he seems more distant. And we know that the reality is that he's never far away because we are in him, in the Trinity. We're in the Father, Son and Holy Ghost and they are in us. So where I go, they go. Where they go, I go. There's no real distance there. But there are times where you know, he can feel distant because of what we're going through in life. But because we're ministering to God, because we're people who minister to him, and by ministering to him, it's just having communion with him conversation with him we sang the song that says that along the lines of i'm not complete unless i have full communion yeah unless i have full conversation full relationship full interaction with god i'm not complete it's in that place of allowing our roots to go deep down that we focus on him that as we begin to bear fruit that is ministering to him yeah you're going to understand that's ministering to him it's not putting your, your life on the line you know it's not inviting someone to church it's not doing all of those things that we might think are really christian it's just being with him he's ministering to him in that place when we minister to god in that way we always come away with our cup overflowing you cannot step into the presence of god and commune with him and speak with him regardless of what's happening in life if you are totally 100 percent focused on him 
you come away with your, your cup overflowing. I, I heard it um, put, and I, I love it, so I'm pinching it. You cannot multitask when you worship. Yeah? Because when you're worshipping, when you're in a place of worship, you're worshipping. And if your mind is anywhere else, then your, your heart's divided. You cannot multitask when you're worshipping. And when we're ministering to God, we come away and our cup is overflowing. You know, it's, it's full up. And when our cup is full up, we naturally step into the privilege and honour of doing the things that we are now able to do as his priests, as his royal priesthood, yeah? So ministering to God's one. But I love this thought. The next thing that the priests had to do then because it was physical, but what we have the privilege and honour of doing now is to carry his presence. You and I carry the presence of the creator, the almighty God, the one who created everything, yeah? At a snap of his finger can do whatever he, he likes, at, at a breath, at a word. We carry his presence. And that was a responsibility for them. But what a privilege and honour for us now to be able to carry his presence. And it's only possible if we've actually allowed ourselves, our roots to go deep, totally focused on him, focused on what he's doing in our life, what he wants to do in our life, allowing him to feed us, giving us the nutrients we need to fertilise us, using all things in our lives, good and bad, the great and the shape, you know, to all things work together for good so that he can make us who he has destined us to be so we can produce the fruit that he's always knew that we could. Yeah, because that's how he purposed us. We minister to him from that place. In that place, there's something that we get to experience that no one else gets to experience. A nearness to God. Like a nearness to God, like flat out near, like super close near, like he's there. You know, what does the Bible say? As you draw near to God, he draws near to you, yeah? God's always there waiting. The minute you take a step, he's taking a step. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't back off. He doesn't say, oh my goodness, he comes that. I remember what their life was like. Oh, please don't touch me, you tainted sinful person, you. He doesn't then run away, yeah? God sees you take a step towards him and he's very good in his word to promise us that he takes a step towards us. So when we're ministering, when we're ministering to God, when we're allowing our roots to go deep, we are in the vicinity, yeah? We are in that close vicinity of God. Um, and, and why I like that thought is that, you know, from, from James 4.8, that as we draw near to God, he draws near to us because what we get to carry from that is something so so very special because we step into his presence yeah we step into his presence and when we're in his presence we're tainted by it you know we're scarred by it we smell like it i often use a really bad analogy that you don't have to be a smoker but you walk into a place where they're smoking or even walk through a section where people are smoking yeah and you smell like smoke when you've walked out you know uh, and I'm not pointing the finger at those who smoke, but when you walk through it, it's, it's, it's on you, yeah? It just is. God's presence is like that. When you step into his presence, when you spend that time ministering to him, 
When you walk out, you're tainted by it. You smell like it. You look like it, yeah? I love Exodus 33, 15. And it says, Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. In other words, he's saying to God, we're not going to go anywhere unless you come with us. We're not going to go anywhere unless your presence follows us. We're not even going to contemplate it. We're not taking a single step unless your presence comes with us. That's what I love about New Testament faith is where we go, he goes. We step close to him, he steps close to us. When we're in his presence, now we can say, God, you know what? If you don't want me to go there, I'm not going to go there. And to be honest, I'm not going anywhere unless you, tell, you, you show me because you need to be with me because I want your presence everywhere I go. I want your presence in my relationship. Please come with me there. <laughs> but if you don't want me to go there, then I'm not going to go there because I want your presence in that place. Yeah? Moses is saying we're staying in that passage of Scripture. He's saying we're going to stay right here. We're not moving from this place unless you confirm with us that you're coming with us. On the journey, yeah? We're not even going to consider moving unless you come with us. So here we are as priests, royal priesthood, ministering to God, moving close to him, yeah? Moving close to him so that in that closeness, in that place, in that presence, our cup fills up, our cup overflows, yeah? So that now we can say, okay, God, let's go wherever you want to go, but not without you, yeah? We need to be a people that needs to be able to say that. I want to go wherever you want me to go, but I'm not going without you. And now you and I walk in a constant state. I love this. A constant state of overflow. A constant state of overflow. We've got two paintings on the wall with eyes that stare at you. Yeah. Um, and, and Grace is still traveling across the states and I can't wait to hear some of the stories. And if you follow her on social media, you get some of those. But the premise of the eyes... Uh, one, God, help me to see what you see and how you see. Yeah? And the little, what look like doves, could be butterflies flying around the face, is the supernatural. It's the Holy Spirit. Give me your eyes so that I can see exactly the way that you see. Yeah? So whatever we face, I'll, I'll, I'll have your perception. I'll know where you want me to go. I'll know how you want me to act. Uh, I'll just... I guess I'll be more like you if I can see the way that you see. Yeah? So we've got these pictures on the wall and now you and I live in this constant state of overflow because we've been near to God. And in a constant state of overflow, if your cup's running over, and I know I'm jumping everywhere at the moment, um, you actually have the ability in that place to say, Lord, how do you see that situation? I... I've come out of your presence. I've spent time in prayer. I've sat with you. I'm tainted by you. My cup runs over. I don't want to go anywhere you don't want me to go. Give me your eyes to see. You know, our year as a church is all about seeing the way he sees. And he sees every circumstance that we face. And he's not shocked by it, nor is he surprised by it. He knows it. You know, we get shocked by the things that we go through because we're not seeing them the way that he's seeing them. But if we are truly royal priests that have spent time ministering in his presence, tainted by him, where our cup overflows, then very naturally we start to see the way he sees. And if we aren't seeing the way he sees, my suggestion is that we aren't ministering to him 
that we're not allowing our roots to go deep, that we aren't totally focused on him and him alone, that our eyes are probably captured by what's going on around us, yeah? So you and I were created to bear witness of the kingdom, yeah? To show the kingdom. Not just to not bear witness in the sense, look, there's the kingdom, but to bear witness of the kingdom. You know, that old saying that goes that for some people, you and I are the only Jesus that some people will ever encounter. You, we are marked from the moment that we say yes to Jesus, that we are bearers of the kingdom. We are a royal priesthood that live and move and have our being in the overflow that need to be able to see the way that he sees so that when people encounter us, what they get is a reaction, an action, a word, a touch. That is God incarnate, yeah? That is God working through us. We are influencers. We are the yeast in the dough for everything and everybody around us. I reckon that's pretty good, you know? But we have to be able to see the way God sees, to see ourselves like that, yeah? Otherwise, we just see ourselves as, yeah, we're believers. Some people still struggle. Uh, I am a sinner saved by grace. Oops. I was a sinner saved by grace. I'm a child of God, but I've never stepped into authority. There's all these different ways to seeing ourselves. If we don't grab hold of the way that he sees us supernaturally, then we'll never be the sons and daughters that he's purposed us to be. We cannot be unless we see the way that he sees. Think of it this way. If we're disciples of Jesus and, and Jesus, he's the king of the kingdom that we profess, that we're a part of, not just that we're going to on earth as it is in heaven now, yeah? Eternity is now, not just then, yeah? Then how do we bear witness of that kingdom as his children? As a royal priest, how do we do that? How, what, what are the characteristics that we should have as children of the kingdom? Well, what are they? What is it that God sees in us? How does he see us? How does he see us confronting those circumstances and situations if we're to bear witness? We've got this awesome privilege and honour, yeah, to manifest the kingdom to everybody around us. Man, I reckon that's exciting. I mean, no disrespect to the hundreds and millions of Christians all over the world because I am one of them. But that means that Christianity is not just sitting in church on a Sunday. And, it, and, it, and it's not just professing at home or sitting in the seats. And it's not being a missionary, say, you know, that happens to be their call. Being a Christian is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week thing, a minute-by-minute thing, where we're constantly in his presence, constantly in full communion, constantly able to say, with everything that's within me, I'm going to shout out, Yeah? I'm going to waste it all. I'm going to pour out my heart's perfume. Lord, I am your royal priest. That is married, has a child, has children, has a wife, has a husband. Just one or the other, preferably. Not both at the same time. That would be really messy in Old Testament and we don't live there. Thank you, Jesus. 
Yeah, I struggle with one. I never, ever want to put my hand up for two. No. <laughs> and yet, there are times where we can feel so empty in our relationship with the Lord, if we're to be totally honest. If we're to be totally honest, there's times that we just... It's almost like you feel powerless, you know? It, 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 sometimes there are people in our lives that are sick, that are unwell, that need direction, that need counsel. Sometimes we need help with our children. We need help in our relationships. We need help with our, our spouse. We, need, we just need help in areas, yeah? And if we could understand and see the way that God sees us as his holy priests that are planted, allowing him to feed us, him to nurture us, totally focused on him and not the circumstances around us, not those, those things, then we'll always have the answer for the things that we feel like we don't have the answers for. Does that make any sense? You see, Moses had a heart and, he was, and his heart, he, he was asking almost. He knows that he can do nothing without God's presence. He doesn't even want to try. And Moses was sensitive to the presence of God. He was looking for it. He was chasing it. You know, He desired it. And here's you and I, owned by the king, planted in situations where we have to, at times, solely focus on him and him alone, yeah, so that he can build us up, so that our cup overflows. And we are a people that wherever we go, we have his presence. Wherever we go, we don't have to fight for it. We just need to see it for what it is. But somewhere in Christianity, we have lost the standard. Yeah? We've lost the standard. And the standard was to be his hands and feet extended. The standard was to pray for the sick. The standard was to raise the dead. The standard was to heal the leper. That was the standard. But somewhere in life, we end up in, with a Christianity that loves Jesus, but at times is powerless and powerless in our own lives. Yet we're supposed to be the very reflection of him, the, those that bear witness to him. You know, I, I love how mindful Jesus is of carrying the, God's presence, that even the story where the woman touches the hem of his garment, he knows that something has moved, shifted, changed, has gone out from him. So, so in tune with the presence of God, yeah, that's you and I. yeah. The Bible says that we can do even greater things than he did. yeah. Everyone believe the word? No one ripped that page out of scripture yet? No, out of your Bible, you've kept it? Yeah, so we believe there? Awesome, so maybe we should now start with doing at least what he did before we worry about doing even greater things. Maybe we should just start there. I'm not very good with my hands that most people that belong to Mount Clear know in building things and doing all that sort of stuff. And um, I, I figure I, I would do this. <laughs> I would do this. But let's just say that I needed a hundred planks of wood. You know, and so I bought them, and they're ten meters long, but I have to cut them to eight. Now I would do this. I would measure the first, and I would draw a line, and I would cut it. Then I would take that piece that I just cut, and I would use it as the measure for the next one. Draw a line on the outside of that, 
and I would cut it, but I would put that over there. Then the new one that I just cut, I'd use that to measure the next one. And I'd cut, then I'd put that one aside. And I don't know if any of you guys have ever done this, but as you do this, yeah, yeah, by the time you get to the end of the 100 planks, though I started with them needing to be 8 metres, the last few are over 9 metres long. Yeah? Christianity, over time, we've taken other people's stories yeah, and we've used them as a measure and we've cut and then we've moved it and then we've used the next person's story and we've used it as a measure and then we've cut and then we've put it aside and then we've t- taken the next person's story and we've used it as a measure and then we've cut. But the standard for what God had desired for us was back from that original cut. We need to somehow get back to that place where we actually embrace who we are as a royal priesthood whose cup overflows because we've spent time in his presence. And when we've spent time in his presence, we're tainted. People could see the glory of God on Moses' face, yeah? The sad part with Moses was that he lost the glory but continued to wear the veil, Scripture says. Yeah, He continued to wear the veil because he didn't want people to know that the glory wasn't on him anymore. And I just wonder how many of us have gone through life. We still carry the title Christian, but the glory from when we first said yes to Jesus, from when we were on fire with God, from when we stepped into his house the first time. I don't know about anybody else, but there are times where the, your first love is so is so magnificent yeah and then five years ten years 80 years down the track for some of us we don't live in that same place and space we need to get back to that place where the glory of God is on us it's with us not because we've worked for it because we realize who we are we've seen God and he's seen us for who we are we've planted ourselves in those places you know my wife will tell you that she only gets through some of the stuff during the day family, for those that know her, know, know what her family's like, just situations in life because she seeks the presence of God. She seeks him first. She's that fig tree that allows her roots to go down deep and is totally focused only on the ground that she's in where the Lord is placing his nutrients rather than focusing on the fact that she's a fig tree in a vineyard. Yeah? Some of us have forgotten who we are because we're focused on the, the vineyard. We're focused on the grapes. We're focused on the stuff that's external, that's around us, rather than on what God wants to do in us and through us. Because if we have ministered to God first, now we naturally have the ability to carry his presence. Man, what an honour to carry the presence of God. Yeah? What an honour. We're a raw priesthood, and it's one of our privileges to carry his presence. Think of it like this. Think of the most introverted woman in the world who's a mother. Let's go there. Yeah, I've heard this example and I love it. So the most introverted woman in the world who's a mother. She's quietly spoken. She's walking her child in a pram. She goes and does her shopping. She does those things, you know. And she gets somewhere and she stops for a moment. And she turns around and someone comes along and steals her baby. I guarantee you that most introverted woman in the whole world won't stay introverted. All of a sudden, she's a nut. Ah, 
my child, get out of the way. It's almost like the $6 million man, but the $6 million woman. And she's like, oh, I'm going to get you. She would pounce on that person. She would tear them to shreds. She'd be yelling and screaming till she got her child back. Is that a fair story? That pretty much rings true, even if it's made believe, yeah? Because that was always inside her. For you and I as Christians, as a royal priesthood, carrying his presence, it's always inside us. It doesn't mean that we have to walk around every day praying for people, oh, be healed in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, give him height, Lord. You know, next person. You know, it doesn't mean that we have to be like that. But what it means is when it's needed inside of us, it's there anyway, yeah? It just raises, it just stirs, and it just comes up because our cup overflows, yeah? Because that's who we were created to be, bearers of the kingdom. We bear witness of the kingdom. So when a situation presents itself at home and one of our kids is sick or someone's unwell, yes, we send it out for the prayer team. My wife will tell you that when our guys were praying for her yesterday or the day before, that within hours she goes, it was, she goes, it was like it was lifted from me. Yeah. So of course we do that. But it means that we can step into the space as children of God, as the high priests carrying his presence, bringing his presence into that situation and bl- praying for it, yeah? Because that's who we are. We need to remember the standard that we were cut by originally, yeah? It's really easy sometimes in life to forget that we were created by God himself. Yeah. Like we were created by God for God. Yeah. We were saved from something for something. Sometimes we just have to remember the simple basics. Christianity is not complicated. It can be hard because of life, but it's not complicated. It really isn't complicated. People will know when you've been in his presence because you're a royal priest. You are a bearer of the kingdom, yeah? a carrier of his presence. George Saloom said a quote, says, Lord, your presence sets us apart from all others on this planet. Let us carry your presence. One of the privileges and honours that we get as a royal priesthood is to carry his presence. That is a mic drop situation, yeah? Like, hey, guess what? You get to carry the presence of God. That's why I taped this here. (laughs) It's a mic drop situation. (laughs) It just doesn't work, does it? No. But it's one of those things. We get to carry the presence of God. Deuteronomy 10.8 says, At the time that the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord to minister and to pronounce blessings in his name. Once we understand that we carry, carry the presence of God as his royal priesthood, now we can start to speak blessings. You and I have the, not responsibility, that was their responsibility. We have the honour and the privilege of being able to speak blessing into people's lives. 
You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to be a Christian for two weeks or even 10 years or 85 years or 110. You can be a Christian five seconds and you can now, as a royal priest, if you know who you are, if you see yourself the way that God sees you and you see into every situation the way he does, then you can speak and pronounce blessing in that place. Man, that's powerful. That really should be exciting. We should be going out, come on, man. It's like, woo! I've got twinkle fingers, watch it. Blessing's coming, yeah? Because we're his children. What an awesome ministry that we get to have. Being filled by him, carrying his presence, totally in overflow. Now we get to, as our cup runs over, speak life into people's lives. You know, I think God just wants us to know that he's with us always in everything at all times. He's never far away. He just needs us to step over the chicken line occasionally, I think. You know? The minute that any of us in this room said yes to Jesus, we became full-time ministers. Every single one of us has become a full-time minister of the gospel, a full-time minister of Jesus, a bearer, yeah? a witness bearer for him, a carrier of his presence. We've become laborers and co-laborers with him. You know, Ephesians 4, 11 to 12 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. We are the people that he equips. Yeah? We're all priests. We are the people that he equips. You and I, as a royal priesthood, after ministering to God and carrying his presence, we're now able to do the works of service for the ministry. The ministry isn't the four walls of the church. Okay? But now you and I can do that. So the whole body gets built up. And it's not something we work for. It's something we work from. Yeah? Because our cup's overflowing because we've spent time in his presence. We've allowed our roots to go deep regardless of the situation around us, even when it looked like life was falling apart, because now we have the ability to see as he sees and to see ourselves as he sees us. And he only has good things to say about us. He never says anything negative, derogatory about any one of us. I might, you might, but he doesn't. Ever. And so now we have this beautiful gift to be able to equip others as he equips us, to bless others as we've been blessed. The work of the ministry, you know, by us, his people, his royal priesthood, the carriers of his presence. Um, one, of the, one of the guys at Stairway and I, I love sharing testimonies because they build a level of foundation uh, of faith, you know, a new foundation for faith. And Tasha shared how uh, she was on a trip with some friends and they were on a plane, they were going somewhere, you know, and everyone was sitting next to one, you know, somebody else that they knew except for her. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, I'm the biggest extrovert in the group and I'm sitting behind everyone, you know. I know, like... That would be enough for me to gouge my eyes, you know, unless there was a good movie on the screen. And she goes, I could have allowed that situation. I could have felt like, she didn't use these words, but I will, a fig tree in amongst a vineyard. 
and I could have allowed that to distort the trip or I could have just sat there as his son, as his daughter, focused on him, ministering to him, waiting for him to speak to see what he sees. Yeah. And so she goes, I'm just sitting there and I noticed that the lady next to me, who was a Muslim, had the full stuff on, was just moving her shoulder a little bit. And she goes, I felt like the Holy Spirit um, say, you need to pray for her. Now, she could have been in a totally different space. Yeah, Why am I sitting here? My friends are there and there. She goes, so I got the courage and I just leant over and I said, I noticed you've got a pain with your shoulder. And she goes, yeah, look, I'm heading somewhere. Uh, I had to get permission uh, from the doctor to go because there was something with her shoulder and something else. So, something reasonably serious that she had to get permission from the doctor. I don't remember the story exactly. And, um, and Tasha said, well, why are you doing it? Why are you going? She goes, oh, my, I think it was her sister. My sister passed away. And in our culture and in our faith, the eldest has responsibilities in relation to the burial and stuff, so I have to go over. And Tasha goes, do you mind if I pray with you? you know? She goes, no, not at all. And so she just prayed with her you know that just prayed 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 for a pain there wasn't any great oh look my arms healed there wasn't any of that she just prayed for god's peace in that situation they spoke a little bit on the plane flight when the plane landed everyone was getting up to go and tash said i just moved moved a little bit to say oh no no you go ahead you know you go and this lady grabbed her by the hand yeah grabs her by the hand and goes when i got on this plane i knew no one and i was lonely and she goes and you spoke to me she goes, I've never had a Christian speak to me like that. Yeah? Do you know, we have the ability to carry the presence of God into every situation, you know? She shared another story how they, um, and we've been doing a little bit of this with our kids out the back, um, where the kids get an opportunity to be able to pray and see if they're hearing from God, you know, and stuff like that. So this was actually a, a, a small kids' church team, probably the older kids by the sound of the story, and um, they went somewhere. They, the, part of their, their thing was to go to a shopping centre and sit there and see if God gave them a word, and none of the kids were speaking up, you know. And Tasha's going, come on, someone must have something, you know. Someone might, they've got to have something. And this eight, nine-year-old finally got the courage and said, oh, I see a cabbage, right? I see a cabbage. As he said that, she goes, oh, okay. You know, she's not thinking anything else. Then another kid goes, oh, I see a carrot. I see this. And they see fruit. One other person says, I see the colour green. And somebody else said, oh, I see someone with a sore shoulder. What they deduced was they were supposed to go somewhere uh, where there was fruit and veg. They get to this little place in this small shopping centre and the fruit and veg shop is green. Yeah, So she goes, there we were, um, and she had a really good term for it. They were loitering, but she goes, holy loitering or something like that, you know, waiting to see if God brought somebody. Yeah, And somebody came along and went to the... Fr- uh, no, 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 sorry. Let me not confuse the stories because she told three. The person at the counter had a sore shoulder. And so the kids went and prayed for her. The lady said that she, she'd felt something, yeah, changing her arm. And then the kids were like, can we now go and eat? Yeah, because that's about the, the attention level of kids. Then you've, got to, then you've got to fast forward. She's preaching in this church. Tash is now preaching in this church. I don't know how long after. 
And she goes, and I'm just sharing a story and I'm starting to tell them about what happened with these kids. While I'm telling that, the pastor at the front, I think it was a Presbyterian church, yeah, says, can I have the mic? I've got to, I've got to say something. And she goes, oh, that's it. I'm never going to be invited back again, you know. The pastor gets the mic and goes, I just want to jump in there and say this. A couple of weeks ago, I got a call from one of our family that said that she had a friend of hers that needed to speak to me. And so I said, no problem. We exchanged details. I rang that person. I went to their home. She goes, I'm there sitting in the home. And the lady says, I was at work however long ago. And I was there and I had a sore shoulder. And this group of children came up and said, they said God had a word and they prayed for me. And my shoulder was healed. What's with that? Yeah? There and then, he led her to the Lord. Yeah? Yeah. We are carriers of his presence. You and I, each and every one of us, yeah? We just need to spend time with him enough that even when we're hungry and we want to eat like those kids, that we hear from them. We need to be able to see ourselves and what we carry, the way that God sees us, yeah? Because that's what's on us. It is so flippin' heck awesome that you and I have the honour and the privilege of ministering to God, that he comes looking to us as a fig tree for fruit because he knows where he's planted us. He's just wanting us to focus on him and in that place and space where our cup overflows, yeah, bearing witness of the kingdom, carriers of his presence to those around us, being able to speak words of life because the goal for you and I isn't coming to church. The goal for you and I is to become the church, yeah? Isn't that our goal? Why don't we just stand Ollie, can I have some keys, please? That wasn't, from, that wasn't from Ollie. That was from someone who's still waiting for God's miracle to work through. As you saw, I caught that with my left hand. I multitasked. Here's a thought that's for free. A church building is built with bricks and with mortar and timber and stone, yeah? Other materials. The Bible says of you and I that we are living stones, yeah? We are the church to be built. And we are the church that has been built. If we can see through his eyes, the way that he sees us, allowing the supernatural to move in situations that we thought, that's impossible. But nothing is impossible for our God. You know, we were made to bless people. (laughs) We need to remember the original standard in which he built us, in which he created us, in what he has in store for us. Our original design, our true identity as sons and daughters of the living God. Carriers of His presence that bear witness of the kingdom that's here. His disciples. So there's something supernatural. When you and I realise that each and every one of us have the ability to bless others, there's something that supernaturally gets released. 
In Leviticus 9, it reads in verse 22, Then Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and blessed them. And having sacrificed the sin offering, the burnt offering and the fellowship offering, he stepped down. But get this, Aaron comes back and he blesses again. And verse 23 and 24 says, Then Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle. They went into the place of his presence. And they sat there with God where their cup could overflow. And then when they stepped back out, it says, When they came back out, they blessed the people again. And the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole community. Fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and consumed the offering and the fat on the altar. And when the people saw this, they shouted for joy and they fell down face first because they had discovered the living God. They did that out of their responsibility. But we do this as a privilege and an honour as a royal priesthood that just step into that place. We just have to remember the original cut, what we were made for. I love that. I love that. They came out of the presence. And as they came out of the presence, the presence went with them. And as they prayed a prayer of blessing, they weren't begging God. They just blessed. Lord, bless. Bless Kristen. Bless Ross. Bless Judy. Just bless them. Bless them in their bodies. Bless them in their work. Bless them in their families. They just blessed. And it says the glory of God fell. If only we would be a people that would take the presence that we carry and start to pray a prayer of blessing on others, yeah? The supernatural gets released because you and I are the living stones. When we do that, we speak with the authority that He's given us as a royal priest. In fact, what we're doing is when we bless people, it's so sneaky. You know, the Bible says, be harmless. Harmless as a dove, but wise as a serpent. When we bless people, if I was to go up to Sally and go, Lord, just bless Sally, bless her in her family, bless her in her relationship, bless her with her children, bless her in her parenting, bless her in her work. You know what I've just done? I have just put a target on her back for God to hit her. For God to come down and do the very thing that He promised He would do. For the glory of the Lord to fall. Why? Because I did something with, the, with His presence that I carry. And I just blessed. And I just blessed. I know about any of you, but I want to be a person that passes on His blessing. Yeah, I want to be a person that carries His presence in such a way that I would see every situation the way that He does. That regardless of what comes my way, that I'd be able to give thanks in all things. That I'd be able to rejoice always. That I would pray unceasingly. That when I see someone that has a need, I would just bless. And I would allow His presence, His supernatural presence to fall. Chris Valentin says, The gospel can be introduced by words, but it cannot be reduced to words. Yeah? I feel the need this morning to open the altar. And I want to bless people. <laughs> Just a prayer of blessing. I want to place, I want to tag you and I want to place a target on your back for Holy Spirit to come and get you. So that when you go out and you bless people, you can tag them. You go tag, you're it. And they go, what's going on? So the Holy Spirit's coming for you. And watch what He does when we move in that supernatural way. 
So while the keys are playing, if you're prepared to put an X on your back, if you're prepared to be tagged by Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite you forward. Come forward and I'm just going to pray a simple prayer of blessing that He's going to tag you and mark you for the kingdom. Amen. If you and I will minister to him first, yeah? (laughs) If we'll carry his presence, if we bless people out of our overflow, the Holy Spirit will overshadow their lives, yeah? The Holy Spirit will overshadow their lives. Where are my two R's? Rob and Ross. I'm going to bless you first so that you guys can continue along the line and bless people. Is that all right? Oh, Father, 